Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. One of the primary scriptures in the Word of God that everyone pretty well knows and can quote, obviously, is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Most everyone knows that that's been in church. But what we haven't, literally taking a look at the only begotten, what it means. We think it means only born son. And that would be a geneo in the Greek, which would be a progenity. You have a birth or you begat. And just as in Matthew 1, a genealogy. But that's not what it means. And there in the Greek, that we have not taken a good look at the bottom line in the very meaning of the only begotten. Now the only begotten, there is the monogamies. The monogamies, there in that Greek word, is not monogenonomy or monogeneo, which would mean an only born as we would have a progeny. But it simply goes deeper than that because it's mono and then that gananomae, that monogenes is, the mono is one, solitary, unique, and then the genes. That genes is kind or nature one of a kind, one of nature, the same nature. So we take a look at that in what is the primary meaning. What is the basic revelation there? For God so loved the world that he gave his only kind or only natured son, or that's the monogamous, Huos, the only begotten son. Or it is the same as the only begotten God, monogamous Theos. Or the un monogamous, which would be the only begotten one, or the Akid. So when we break it down, there's only one nature. That's the revelation. That Jesus only had one nature, not a dual nature. Jesus did not have to be born again. He is and always has been God. He is the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. He, in his preexistence of creation, created all things. He is, as Colossians 1, 16 and 17, that Jesus Christ created all things whether it be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible, invisible, seen and unseen, all things were created by him. He is the Father of glory. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. But that is the invisible God. That is that self-existent, eternal Spirit of God that is omnipotent, almighty, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere, invisible Spirit of God. But he's going to manifest. He's going to manifest to his creation. 
then he takes not on him the nature of angels. That's the, that would be a kind after the angel. So we're told, do not lose your reward in a voluntary humility worshiping of angels intruding into those things uh, which we know not, vainly puffed up by our fleshly mind. We don't have a God that takes on the nature of angels. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. That means that as we see in Matthew 1, the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Now when we see that, we're going to, as we notice, there are 42 generations there. And the begat there are, is Genoa, uh, uh, which is a natural born. But notice the way it states that in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. We're going to see that there's 42 generations, and there'll be a revelation there for us in that Christ generation that shall be counted for the seed in the last days. So in Matthew 1, we see from the time of Abraham to David will be 14 generations. It will say begat, as we see in uh, uh, Matthew 1, verse 2, and Abraham begat, that's Genoa, Isaac, a natural-born son. And Isaac begat Jacob, natural-born son. This will continue all through the begats. But when we get to Jesus, we're going to see in verse 16, and it says, And Jacob begat Joseph, which was the earthly uh, husband of Mary. And notice the way it states it. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary. It didn't say that Joseph begat Jesus. It says, Jacob beget Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus. Now, she bore, that is, Janelle. She actually bore a son, a little S-O-N. And we find that in Isaiah 9, 5. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government shall rest upon his shoulder. He is a kinsman redeemer. He's one of us. But notice he's not the seed of Adam. He's the seed of the woman, according to Genesis 3.15. Now, why would that be pertinent? Well, simply because that the seed of the woman in itself <clears throat> has no sin. And the seed of the woman. It's the seed of Adam, and in Adam all died. And that's the reason why the woman there has an XX chromosome. She has no Y chromosome because the Y chromosome comes from the male. The male has an X and Y chromosome. If in the DNA and that chromosome and that 23 chromosomes from the male 23 chromosomes from the female, and that last set of chromosomes, if there is an X chromosome from the male, that the gender is going to be a female because 
the woman only has an XX chromosome, only a female. Howbeit, the man has both an X and a Y. If there's an X chromosome from the male, then the gender of the child will be female. Everyone knows that. And if there's a Y chromosome, obviously, that's the male chromosome, would be a male gender. But here we find that we have a virgin birth. That is why the virgin birth is essential. When we see in that Genesis 3.15, in that first proto-evangel, it very simply states uh, that Messiah will be a seed of the woman, not of the man, not of Adam. No, he'll be an Adam. He'll be in flesh and blood as our kinsman redeemer. But he is the only sinless man ever born. The sinless, spotless, blameless Lamb of God. <clears throat> he was not conceived in sin and shaped in iniquity. If he had been, then he would need a Savior himself. Notice Genesis 3.15. God speaking to the serpent after the fall and states in Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between you, the snake, and the woman, and between thy seed, that is the seed of the serpent, and her seed, <clears throat> the seed of the woman. It shall bruise thy head, that is, that seed that of that snake. It shall bruise thy head, and thou, that there, that snake shall bruise his head. So there, it shall bruise thy head or crush thy head, but the snake shall bruise his heel, not her heel, his heel. So therefore you have the first proto-evangel. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between the serpent's seed and the seed of the woman. It shall bruise thy head. That is, that seed of the woman will bruise snake. It will bruise your head, the serpent's head. And that bruise there is crush it. And thou, that snake, that seed of that serpent, that spiritual seed, shall bruise his heel, not her heel, his heel. So that proto-evangel was to carry it out many years later as we find that Mary will be that virgin that we read about in Isaiah 7.14. Ahaz, I'll give you a sign. A woman shall conceive and bring forth, bring forth a child, and he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Butter and honey shall he eat to refuse the evil and choose the good. That is Emmanuel, God with us. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. He did not have to be born again. And the, and the question is, why not? Well, because he's a seed of the woman. And we see that, that as soon as we see in Luke's gospel that we have a salutation to Mary. And she is a young woman, espoused to Joseph. And we find that she is going to be visited 
of Gabriel. And whenever she is going to uh, receive a word, then they uh, came to her and said, Now, woman, highly favored of God, you're going to bring forth a son, and he shall be called the son of the highest. And uh, that holy thing that shall be born of thee is of the Holy Ghost. She said, How can this be, seeing that I know not a man? You see, there's no natural birth there. It's not a natural birth. And that it's going to be conceived by a seed of Adam. Is in reference. It's not to a seed of Adam. But it will be a seed of the woman. Because that which is born of her is of the Holy Ghost. And Gabriel says, the Most High shall overshadow you. And uh, that holy thing that is born of you will be of the Holy Ghost. It's a holy thing. There, she said, be it unto thine handmaid according to thy word. Well, as soon as she said that, she was impregnated. Now, where did the Y chromosome come from? Well, that's the seed of the woman. She provided that flesh and that literal Jesus Christ, that son, that she will carry for nine months. Then she will birth that child and call his name Jesus. Notice you shall bring forth a son, a little S-O-N, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest, capital S-O-N. There is only one nature there. He did not have to be born again. He revealed the nature of God. He is the only begotten Son. When you see in John 1, 18, in John 1, 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, only begotten of God. Well, we see that in verse 14. But then we go to verse 18. And no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten son. That's the Yaqid. That's so solitary, unique, one of a kind, never will be another. Because he is God manifest. He is the Father revealed. He's the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, born in the city of David, Christ, the Lord. The Lord, Jehovah God Almighty. Emmanuel, God with us. Grace and truth came by him. And he states there, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. What does that mean? Well, he hath declared him. He's the only one born that Son carried nine months, but not a seed of Adam, a seed of the woman, a virgin birth. So in Adam all die, blood is tainted. There, conceived in sin, shaped in iniquity. But Jesus was virgin born, just as stated in Isaiah 7, 14. Bring forth a son, call his name Emmanuel. Who is that? Well, Isaiah 9, 5, and to us say, child is born, the son is given, the government shall rest upon his shoulder, that's the cross, and his name shall be called Wonderful. 
a title used only of God, full of wonder, counselor, the mighty God, not the mighty son of God, the mighty God, having the same nature, the everlasting father, not the everlasting son. There is no everlasting son. The everlasting father is revealed in the son of God. The everlasting son would mean there's a spirit junior somewhere. And of course there's not. The scriptures never tell us that, never state that, never declare that. It's a false doctrine. So God is revealing that now to those that have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. We must return to this true God and eternal life. The true Jesus, the everlasting father. The mighty God. We're looking for the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ, the Spirit. He's been glorified with the Father's own self. You see that in, in uh, uh, Colossians. We see that in Colossians 1, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. It's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. That mystery is now revealed as Paul stated. What is that mystery? In whom are ahead all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. For Christ is the Father. Christ is the Father, which is God. God is Christ, which is the Father is Christ. One and the same is not a trinity there. It's a mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. And that will be the deception in the last days. Paul warning, let no man deceive you by any means. And that's the deception of the Antichrist coming against the truth that God is manifest in the flesh. Not the Son of God manifest in the flesh. God himself, as stated in that mystery of godliness, 1 Timothy 3.16. For God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Not the Son of God. God himself was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Well, what is that? Jesus stated that he and his father were one. Somebody said, well, then why did he pray to the father? Because he made himself of no reputation to take on that body of flesh and blood, which he received in that virgin birth of Mary. That is, whenever he was born, he is that everlasting father revealed. He is the wonderful, the counsel of the mighty God. He's God with us, Emmanuel. He is the everlasting Father. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And this is before his glorification. He stated that he that believeth on me believes not on me, but on him that sent me. God sent his word. The Father himself revealed in flesh. And that is the word made flesh. That's the only begotten Son which is the only nature of God revealed in Jesus Christ. Grace and truth came by him. There's not another. We see that in Isaiah 43.10. You are my witnesses, the true witnesses of God, saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know, have the knowledge of it, believe me, believe God, not these ecumenical councils and synods, of centuries ago and the false 
Trinity doctrine as stated by most of the churches there in the world today, taking on a false doctrine. Believe God, believe the word of God. That you may know and believe me, God said, and understand. Have the perfect understanding of the Godhead, the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But Jesus revealed that in John 16. said, I'll no more speak to you in Proverbs. I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. said, I proceeded from the Father. I go back to him. I came from him. I go back to him. Not around him. Not beside him. Not another person. I go back to him. And the disciples said, now we know you know all things. That's righteousness. Righteousness is he came from God, goes back to God. He came and humbled himself to be a man, death, burial, and resurrection as a perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb of God, and went back, made a quickening spirit for us. He is the everlasting Father. He is that mighty God. He is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. There's not another. That's the revelation, the revealing of our God right now in the last book in the Word of God. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave it to him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it by his angel unto John. And now that is the revelation given to us that he is Jesus Christ, the everlasting Father. He is the mighty God, just as stated in Isaiah 9 6. There's not another. In Isaiah 43 43 10. You are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. To the natural mind, it sounds like there's two. But that's not what God said. That you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. That formed is Morpha. It is but one nature in the Son of God, which is the nature of God himself, one of a kind, that's monogamous, mono, one solitary, never been another, genes, kind, nature, that one nature of God. True, he's tempted all points like as we are, yet without sin, because he's in a body of flesh and blood. He's like us. He didn't have a different kind of blood from heaven. It is the blood he received from the seed of the woman. The flesh he has is a seed of the woman. But it's not inherited sin. He's made an under the law, not above the law. He comes in the world and under the law. In the fullness of time, gets God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made in under the law, to redeem us that were under the law. He's tempted at all points like we are yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15 For as much as the children are protectors of flesh and blood, God himself also likewise took part of the same. That in all things he was made like unto his brethren. There he's not ashamed to call us brethren because we're all of one. And that is uh, there that we are adopted sons and daughters of God <clears throat> to wait the redemption of our body. We have to be born again for that adoption and then receive uh, that Redemption of our bodies. That's stated in Romans 8. The whole creation moaneth and groaneth in pain to be delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. 
and not only they, but we also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, do groan within ourselves, waiting for what? The adoption. We're not God manifest in the flesh. We're born of the Spirit, but we're not God. We're born of the Spirit. Adoption. We're not the Spirit. Never will be. And that's another false doctrine. And that's what he states there. And not only they that are waiting for the adoption, not only that, but we which have the first fruits of the Spirit, do groan within ourselves waiting for that adoption, to wit, which is the redemption of our bodies, our vile bodies, fashioned like unto his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself. So God himself made him his own body of flesh and blood, as stated in Isaiah 43.10. He said, before me, before God, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. That's Isaiah 43.10 through 15. There is no Holy Trinity. That's what God's revealing now. There's no, there's no dual nature of God. On his father's side, he's uh, divine, thus the son of God. On his mother's side, he's human, thus uh, the son of man, thus the God-man. No, it's total lie. Total lie. Why? Because that's a Chalcedonian definition of 451 AD, telling us there that we're supposed to believe this hypocritical lie. That's the son of God, according to his Godhead, was begotten of the father before the world was. No. He's begotten there in the monogonies as the only nature of God revealed. That's a monogonies. The only begotten son. And that proves that that man was chosen of God. And you'll see that in Hebrews 1. And we write on down to which of the angels said he at any time that thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. What? He set him on his right hand in heavenly places. He said, the father says unto the son, thy throne, O God. That is why? Because that man, Christ Jesus, has been glorified back to where he was before, the quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15.45. That first Adam was made a living soul. That last Adam, Jesus Christ, the man, was made a quickening spirit. The Lord is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now that's what God's revealing, and that's what God will reveal through us, and the Son of God revealed through us, which is the spirit of the Father, one and the same spirit. Not a different one. You see that in Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts. Who sent it? Jesus did. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. While he was in the world, he was made of no reputation in his humiliation so he could redeem us under the law. He kept the law as a man, emptied out of glory, not working through the spirit, but keeping the law as a man, made and under the law. Then, being tempted at all points, like as we are yet without sin, 
Then he took the ordinances of the law, nailed it to his cross, and broke down that middle wall of partition that parted him, his spirit, from his own body of flesh, revealing the only nature of God in the days of his flesh and how we would sanctify ourselves wholly also because the captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings. Thereby we are to have the same mind. First Peter 4, 1, For as much then Christ has suffered for us, not in the spirit, but in the flesh. We are to arm ourselves with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. We're to crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust. Jesus showed us the way, the truth, and the life in the days of his flesh, God's own flesh. There, he gave us the way, the truth, and the life. But he also said it there. He said, where is your father? And that was in John 8, 13 through 17. And uh, John 8, 13 through 27, sorry. And they asked Jesus point blank, where's your father? Jesus stated in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Many don't get it. They didn't get it back then. John 8, 27, this they understood, not that Jesus spake to them of the spirit, that he is that spirit. You're from the, you're of this world. I'm not of this world. You're from beneath. I'm from above. He's saying he is God. He is that living bread that came into the world. Not that your fathers didn't eat, but he is that bread of life. That is the son of man. John 3, 13, no man hath ascended up to heaven except him, only him that came down from heaven, even the son of man which is in heaven. And Jesus standing there in shoe leather. There means Jesus stating that he is that spirit, always has been, always will be. Just because he made himself of no reputation to come under his own law, not working as spirit, but taking on a body of flesh and blood through the seed of the woman, like he said he would do in Genesis 3.15. He is that wonderful counselor, the mighty God. There's no other God, and that's the reason they stoned Jesus. He said, well, what good work do you stone me? Jesus said, I was daily with you in the synagogue. Yeah, and why are you stone me? What are you trying to stone me? Thou being a man, makest thyself God. For this reason, we stone you. Well, that's exactly what he is. They understood what he was saying. And my father are one. We're the same spirit. John 10, 30. He said that same thing in John 14. You believe in God, believe also in me, my father's house and many mansions. Or not so, I would have told you I got to prepare a place for you. Not for me, for you. He's always been God, always will be God. He's the everlasting father. He is the word, he is the Holy Ghost. But I'm doing this for you. The words came out, not for me, but for you. There, and Jesus said, whether I go, you know, in the way you know. Thomas saith in him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus had already stated there's only one way to get to the Father, and that was through him. Why? Because he is the Father revealed. He's showing us the way to get there. Because he is the Father drawing us. He is that Holy Ghost. He is that Spirit showing us how to get to him. 
So he takes on his own body of flesh and blood to lead the way. The truth and the life, which is the man Christ Jesus, who is the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit of God manifest, seen, revealed, revealing his blood name, uh, Jesus, Jehovah, God Almighty, is my salvation. That's his name. There's not another. And uh, Philip didn't understand it. And he said, Lord, show us the Father, and that suffices us. That'll be sufficient. Jesus stated, have I been so long time with you? And hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How is he showing us the Father? Because the works that he did, he did not of himself. Only what he saw the Father do, because the Father was manifest and housed permanently a permanent abode in that flesh. God did not take on the burning bush as he did before Moses. That was just a Christophany. He's passing through. Not an angel that wrestled with Jacob, even though it was an angel that redeemed him. And the, uh, the man with the sword drawn uh, to Joshua, or Nehushtan, the brass serpent lifted up in the wilderness, etc., etc. the burning bush before Moses. He didn't take on that, that abode. He didn't stay there permanently. But he did in the day that he made himself a body of flesh and blood. That's his permanent abode. Jesus stated that. He said, there the Father that dwelleth in me. The words that I speak, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, hetakeo, that houses permanently, eternally in me. An, an eternal abode, an eternal, eternal tabernacle, an eternal revelation, an eternal manifestation. He's the one doing the works, not me, not the flesh, showing you that the Father's doing it. I am the Father revealed. The Son of God is the Father revealed. Take a look at the works. The works, the words that I speak not, I speak not of myself, but the Father that's dwelling in me, houses permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. So if you don't believe, if you believe on me, you don't believe on me, but you believe on him that sent me. You're believing on the Father. And when you get that revelation, you have the revelation of Christ. Christ, first and foremost, is the spirit, the Father of glory. But he made himself a body of flesh and blood as a man. That's Christ. Christ the spirit is Christ the man. One of the same. It behooved Christ to suffer. That's the reason he came down to make the way, the truth, and the light to get to himself. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. There's no other way to get to the Father. He's the one that did it in the days of his flesh of the Son of God. But we are told that there's some second person of the Godhead trying to talk to the Father. That's ludicrous. It's no biblical uh, truth there at all. And that's what God is restoring back to those that are seeking him with a full heart, diligently seeking him with all the heart. He's giving us the revelation of Jesus Christ that he alone is God and there's not another. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting father, just as Jesus stated. Except you believe that I am the father, you will die in your sins. John 8, 24. 
This answer did not expect them of the Father. They don't understand it today. But the ones that are called, and you are the witnesses of God, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, you will know and believe that God is that man, that servant. You believe that God made himself, just as he stated before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. That is the nature of God revealed. Not a dual nature. God one nature. He is the only begotten Son, which is the only begotten God, which is the only begotten one, one of the same. It's one of a kind. It is the one of a nature. God revealing his nature. Not a dual nature. He didn't have to be born again. That's the reason for the virgin birth. He that is born there of that virgin Mary is uh, of the Holy Ghost. That holy thing is, is the most high revealed. The holy thing is of the Holy Ghost. It's Emmanuel, God with us. Not son of God with us, God with us. Well, when you get that revelation, you understand that it's not that Janelle, just a regular born. She bore flesh, but the uh, God said, that's my only begotten son. That's my only begotten self revealed. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See, now he's the Holy One of Israel, the Holy One, not a Holy Trinity. And we have to give him the glory. Otherwise, uh, there, we do not confess he is the Father. He said, you'll die in your sins, John 8, 24, Isaiah 43. Uh, 10 through 15, uh, Philippians 2, 6 through 8, how God made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant. That servant is God himself. And Jesus stated that in John 2, 19. Destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. Nobody can raise up his own body except he be God. If he's dead, who's going to raise him up? Well, somebody said, well, the father did. Well, who's the father? Jesus is. He stated that in John 2, 19, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. Why? Because in the days of his flesh, there is that law separating a division between him, that the spirit that he is, and the flesh that is working salvation for us. That wall of partition is the law. And as long as that law is there until he dies on the cross, Jesus has to pray to the Father because he's in our stead, showing us how we are to crucify our flesh with affection of the lust, mortifying the deeds of the flesh, to believe God and be saved, sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth for our salvation. There's no other way. This easy believism say, well, close your eyes and ask Jesus to come into your heart is a straight-out lie. And we better wake up. Because the time of the end is here. Judgment's there is in the earth right now, and it's intensifying with frequency. And we're seeing that as governments are turned more evil and evil every day. God said that. He said righteousness exalts a nation. The true revelation of Jesus, when you have that true revelation of the Son of God, that he is the Father, the everlasting Father, he said, I exalt you. But the nation that forgets God has pleasure in unrighteousness. God said, I'll turn that nation into hell. The nation that forgets God, I'll turn it into hell. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. And that's exactly what's happening to these nations now. And the Christians wondering, what's happening? 
What do you think's happening? Because we turned our back on God, got this false trinity doctrine, and we think God's going to bless that. We're not giving him the glory due to his name. And that's simply because we turned our back on God. We haven't sought God diligently with our whole heart. And because of that, judgment's in the land. And it's going to increase with intensity and frequency with famine, pestilence, sword, and noisome beast, just as he stated he would do. And we're going to see Jesus revealed when it's all said and done, when the dust settles. There'll only be one on that throne, the everlasting Father, the God of glory, and that is Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. Let's give him the glory due to his name. Let's don't lose our soul in a voluntary humility, worshiping of angels, or some second person of the Godhead, which does not exist. There's no blood there. It's the blood of God himself as stated in Acts 20, 28. Take heed to yourselves and over all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God. God himself, which he has purchased with his own blood. God's own blood. There's not another. And Jesus is the name that brings the blood. Whenever you speak the name of Jesus, just as the book of Acts, it said, no more preaching any man anymore in this man's name. But when you do, you do intend to bring his blood upon us. Therefore, don't speak anymore in the name of Jesus. They don't want to hear it. This woke stuff and all this uh, anti-Semitism, all this anti-Semites, uh, the ones that declare uh, that they want their own destiny, they want their own name, their own will, their own choice, making themselves their own God will be destroyed. And God will be the one doing it because you did not accept his grace, which reigned through righteousness, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, God himself manifest in flesh. It'll be simply because we have not received the gift of God under righteousness and holiness, which no man shall see the Lord without it. It's all up to us whether a person will stand and be established in the doctrine of Christ, the true God and eternal life, the everlasting Father, or whether we turn to these idols and a Trinity God, or what's worse, lifting up ourselves, thinking that we have a right to our own destiny. Well, you're either going to be servants of God or servants to sin, one of the two. Whosoever you yield your members of service to obey him with the service to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death, he's going to go and sin, pleasure of sin for a season, he'll bring forth death, burning hell forever. Whether the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched, or believe God and obedience unto righteousness. That requires obedience, which will yield the peaceable fruits of Holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. There we're finding the nations turning more and more away from God because they want their merchants to be made wealthy. The merchant men are made rich by the abundance of her delicacies in the false. These ecumenical councils and synods and the beast is the nations there in a one world government globalism thinking that it's a good thing when it is the, the destruction of all nations. We better get a hold of the altar, cry out to God, go and on our eyes with ourselves, give us ears to hear and hearts to believe the word of God because the time is short. Well, if God's dealt with you, and we would love to work with you, those that really want the true God and eternal life, 
please call me where we can work together. God's doing it now. We have over a thousand ministers in Africa that's come out of the false doctrine of Trinity. They're coming into the one God, the self-existing eternal God Almighty, Jesus Christ, the great God and Savior, which is only one, not a Trinity, but one person of God, Jesus Christ. That is the monogamous, the only begotten. There's not another. The only begotten God is the only begotten Son, is the only begotten one. There's not another. A friend, you feel God giving you a witness there? Let's work together. You believe this word, it's time for us to come together, yoke together, one to the edifying of the body of the Christ, as whichever joint, as we join together, it'll be through the supply of the Spirit that God raises us up. Let us hear from you. you literally call me, leave a message, I'll get right back to you. I look forward to meeting you. Let's work together. The country code is plus one. My ear code is 903-746-4885. Again, plus one area, that is the country code. Area code 903-746-4885. Well, we pray that God perfect that which is lacking in each and every one of us as believers, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.